0: Welcome to Level Up Academy podcast, where we explored a diverse set of skills that can be applied across various industries and professions. Each episode, will deep dive into the world of transferable skills, discussing topics like communication, problem solving, critical thinking, and more. Join us as we speak with experts in different fields and share stories of individuals who have successfully transferred their skills from one industry to another. Whether you're a recent grad, a mid-career professional, or someone looking to make a career change. This podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and let's discover how you can leverage your existing skills to excel in any industry. Welcome to Level Up Academy podcast. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Hello, Level Up listeners. This is your host, Dr. Leland. Today I have. I'm not gonna say special guest. I'm gonna say super special guest. That's a difference, right? <laughs> My partner in crime. We bought. We we both actually teach for a university together or college together. And introducing, introduce yourself.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Sylvia Lloyd, and as Dr. CJ said, we are partners in crime, working together. I am a, like CJ is, a serial educator. Uh, My passion is teaching and helping others. Awesome. So I'm going to ask a lot from you
0: right now. (laughs) I know it's early morning recording, but think of the last 20 years of your life. What have you done in the last 20 years that culminate to being a serial educator today?
1: A lot, Uh, a lot of transitions to get to where I am today. And so, you know, most of my career started out, you know, leadership positions in corporate America. And, you know, just along the way, I've always mentored and coached people, always found a way to educate people, you know, not just, you know, as a leader pointing out, hey, you, you did this wrong. But, you know, hey, this was a better way that we can do this. And this is why, you know, just always finding those teachable moments. And so, you know, just as time progressed over the years, you know, it's just something that I just thought about more and more. And probably about, I'd say, eight years ago, I decided to uh, leave my position as a general manager um, Fortune 500 insurance company and focus more on, you know, just going back to education. You know, that's always been my thing education. And so I decided to go back and get my master's in business administration. And so after I completed that, um, I just started, you know, looking into different teaching opportunities. And so, you know, I've done, I started out doing substitute teaching and then. I was like, you know, I I, I like working with younger adults, but, but I really want to focus more, you know, on the higher education side. And so, my first teaching position in higher education, I was actually volunteer faculty, and and that that alone, you know, just shows just how much I was passionate about what I wanted to do. And so, I volunteered full time teaching for an online university um, that served most of the students were from third world world countries. And so I, I really got, you know, a chance to, you know, get an idea of what their lives were like and the the sacrifices that they made, you know, just to get an education.
0: For example,
1: you know, I had a student that lived in a small village. And it just happened to be monsoon season. And so they lost the power that they had. And so this student traveled three villages over just to, you know, make sure that he had an internet connection to attend class. And so, you know, those are the types of things that inspire me to continue, you know, doing what I do, you know, just inspire others that, you know, you can do it despite whatever your circumstances are. And so that's pretty much my journey in a nutshell um, of how I ended up where I am today.
0: Yeah, that brings back a lot of memories because I know some people in some part of the Philippines where I came from still have that issue, especially during COVID. I talked to one of the teachers there and said yeah my students stopped going to school they can't go in because of covid they don't have internet access they don't even have a cell phone let alone a computer Um, so they literally had their education disrupted and sometimes they have loads where they have 20 minutes of internet and that's all Mm -hmm. they could afford for the week right instead of every day yeah and they forgo food just to do the internet and we here in America take for granted that we have free education, free workshops yes. that I run, right? A lot of free stuff. And people are wanting to do that. And, and their education is not even free. They they have ev- save every penny so they can get that education. So thank you for inspiring the world and making sure that, you know, we don't take anything for granted. And we're here to help the world and inspire the world, right? So thank you mm-hmm. for that. Now, when you say hey I'm going to be a teacher what made you just kind of switch from corporate America to teaching because which I did for a while and I actually both work in corporate America and teaching all at the same time
1: Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was the particular industry I was in and maybe it did have some have something to do with you know just that industry the insurance industry you know so many things changed, you know, with, you know, different laws that were put into place. And, you know, I just saw, you know, some changes that, you know, honestly, I wasn't a fan of, you know, people losing their jobs because underwriting department could no longer take any type of adverse action for people that had pre-existing conditions. And so, you know, that was something, you know, that in the, the end, you know, that company was able to do more automation. And so it resulted in a lot of people that, you know, I had worked with for years, you know, being displaced and retiring or, you know, just being laid off. And so I just thought, what can I do that's more worthwhile, you know? And I I just took a chance and just, you know, thought about, you know, what are my passions? And so it's just, like I said, something that it's always been there, but, I think that just really pushed me to go ahead and pursue teaching.
0: Yeah. I think our main commonality for teachers is that passion to help. I can see that. Like, we are a servant leader. We want to help our communities, the world, anybody Mm -hmm. who's willing to take that help. We don't know everything. We don't even claim we know everything. We know something. But together, when we have experiential learning in our classrooms, we learn so much. Now, speaking of classrooms, what subjects have you taught so far?
1: So I've taught, so when I did the volunteer uh, teaching position, I taught business law, a leadership course, uh, business communications, and I think it was just those three, you know, over the course of three years, just, you know, teaching those And then at um, the university that I'm at now, um, I've taught business startup strategies a lot, which I love and try to always find ways to improve upon my, you know, the way I teach in that course, accounting, Excel, so just a mix of everything.
0: I love mixes. (laughs) I love mixes because I learn so much from it. Like you research, you know, because literally we're advanced students. Like we are just researching and then we tell them, hey, this is what I found out. What about you guys? What do you think about this? Right. And so we're advanced students. That's what we really are. We're continuously improving our craft, right? What accomplishments or challenges have you had in your journey in terms of teaching? Like what is it about that you love about teaching and what are like, oh, I could do without?
1: <laughs> Accomplishments, I would say, just in the end, you know, if I'm able to reach one or two students, then, you know, I, I've, I've made a difference to me. And, you know, when you receive those emails or messages from students at the end of the term, you know, them letting you know, you know, thank you so much for helping me through this class. I didn't think I would pass and just thank you for your support. I wouldn't have made it without you. You know, it, those are accomplishments to me because, you know, then you really get a chance to see that your work, your hard work paid off. And so that's what I look at as, as an accomplishment. Um, as far as, challenges. I would say the main challenge is to continuously find ways to engage your students. I think that's just an ongoing challenge. You you may have students that, you know, don't participate in the classroom, and, you know, sometimes I'll just get to the point where I'll say, hey, you know, so-and-so, what do you think about this? You know, just basically calling them out, but You know, that's an ongoing challenge. And just trying to find creative ways to, you know, engage them in whatever subject it is that I'm teaching. Yeah,
0: engagement is a continuous problem for teachers. (laughs) (laughs) We have continuous improvement and we have continuous problem. (gasps) Yeah, in my classroom, I find that I use the extra credits to actually have like for example in them I usually do extra credit presentations where they present the extra credit in, in front of everybody. Not not um, PowerPoint or anything. Just kind of give yeah. me the answers. And I usually make it so personal that it's so easy for them to get that extra credit but relate it to mm-hmm. the homework. Like what does emotional intelligence mean to you? And can you give me an example? Because those to me are transferable skills that they can use. At their work, right after class, right? It's not Mm -hmm. theory, Mm -hmm. it is something, but it's so hard because it's not tangible. You can't buy it or touch it, right? But you kind of need to know, like, okay, if I feel this way, what is it? What is it, right? And so we define it in class, we kind of show examples in class. But that's my example. So now you give me your example and your definition. Don't even use Google because I will find out. That's what I always <laughs> tell them. I'm like, what did you just say? You know, like, Kazam, what did you say? Uh, we mm-hmm. have so many tools. So I usually tell them, yeah. hey, this. And I would say 95% of the time, they're so eager to show like what I what I think is emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And that's how I usually engage them. And then those days where I don't have any extra credit, I have fun quizzes in my classroom, like random things like, okay, which M&M color is popular? Like, you know what I mean? That are like, huh? Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah. try just take a stab at it. I didn't know either until I took the quiz. And then they're like, right. this is a random thing. I'm like, yeah, right? Randomness. It's good because it's like your jack of all trades, you know, random stuff. Like you're just not learning yeah. about business here. we got to have fun. And I think those are like engagements that um, I'm actually trying to do in cahoots in class too, one of these days. I don't know if you have mm-hmm. cahoots. Those are good. Padlets are also good to use mm-hmm. in the classroom for engagement. Okay. So those are some of the ways that we can continuously improve those issues. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, for some reason, this just popped in my mind and it's maybe weird, but maybe I can do a game where they can figure out if they're Harry Potter fans that they can figure out You know, take a quiz and figure out which house they belong to. I am. just did that recently.
0: Yeah, apparently I'm a Hufflepuff. Mm, My daughter's Slytherin.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. My daughter is, too.
0: And then the other one is... Um, I don't know what she was.
1: I forget what I was, but it wasn't a Hufflepuff
0: oh i don't remember (laughs) right (laughs) she's going to the harry potter thing for her graduation her graduation okay for us for us we go to disneyland overnight and that's it right for her Mm -hmm. school we pay like i don't know how much we pay but they're leaving for two and a half days they're going to universal studio have a hotel then the next night they're going to disneyland have a hotel and i'm like i'm sorry. Um, that's a little bougie for me. Like yeah. what we could only afford like, you know, four hours mm-hmm. until midnight oh, and then yeah. you go home with the bus, you know? So it's kind of interesting how kids today are. That's a good, that's a good quiz actually. And yeah. then you can actually relate it to class in terms of like learning style or conflict management mm-hmm. style, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was a Ravenclaw. I just thought
0: of it. Ravenclaw. Ah, okay. Now. Has the recent COVID-19 pandemic affected the way you teach in terms of methodology?
1: I would say, if anything, it's made me be more aware of what students may be experiencing as a result of COVID, you know, they may be, you know, without a job or they may have food insecurity. And so just keeping those things in mind and just being even more patient, even more understanding when, you know, they have certain situations that come up where, you know, as an instructor, I make accommodations for. And so I I just think I just have that heightened level of awareness of what they're going through, even, you know, mentally just being more aware of what they're going through because you know sometimes they will share, you know, hey, I'm struggling with this and you know and just being there, you know, to support them and let them know that hey, you know, whatever the situation is, we'll work it out together.
0: I like that. Showing empathy. I I felt like I was already doing that pre-covid, but mm-hmm. I think I was more consistent and more even more 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 patient. Because I was also a student. I'm still a student, graduating soon. And there are a lot of elements and obstacles in your personal life. And it's not just that one thing, right? But I right. think what also the students need to learn, like, for example, if you miss to, they miss the deadline for their homework and then they submitted the late assignments. Somehow they think we have a magic one that knows that they submitted the late assignments. And then you get yes. a nasty email, slightly kind mm-hmm. of sarcastic like oh you forgot to grade my 1.1 and it's already week four right yeah. and I'm like yeah. no sir I didn't forget it I didn't know about it <laughs> exactly. well thank you for letting me know and I think the students also sometimes feel like they're the only student when they're like you haven't graded this and like yeah mm-hmm. go take a line there's about 600 of you yeah. that's not you know what I mean like
1: I that, think that's your only class.
0: <laughs> you right. And and that's what I'm saying. It's like you have multiple classes and some of adjuncts. If you're not full time, you have four mm. different universities who requires four different things, you know. Yeah. And so I think it should be both ways. Like we are asked to be patient. I think they should also be patient. Okay. I understand we have a deadline as teachers like, you know, two to five days. You got to grade that. Uh, to provide Mm -hmm. them feedback but also they need to understand that we also are people and we're not AI Mm -hmm. not yet anyway (laughs) to grade their assignments to really give them good feedback so that they can also learn and improve and continuously improve for themselves so yeah Mm -hmm. what is your favorite thing that you have learned from a student
1: that's a good question I would say It's a good question. It really, it's really one of those thought provoking questions, but I would just say overall, like I'm always learning something, you know, if it's something about their personal lives or, you know, that a lot of the students, you know, surprisingly, you know, I've learned that, you know, they may already have their own business when I'm teaching that business startup strategies course. And so, just learning from them as far as how they operate their business. But then also they're learning because, you know, comments that they may leave is, you know, I I didn't know that I had to do this, this, and this as a business owner. I'm like, yes, and in fact, this is the first thing you should do before you begin operating a business. So, you know, I learned from them and, you know, it's a give and take, you know, I I do a lot of learning from them, and they learn
0: from me, so. It's experiential learning, woohoo, right? I love it. I love experiential learning. I think for me, what I've learned from a student that, I've been teaching 10 years in higher ed, and three and a half, three and a half years in K to 12, and I was actually taken by one of my students, and there's like Six of them in that class, but only really two shows up for live. And it was Mm -hmm. business 430, I think, class that I've taught. And it was um, leadership, organizational leadership. And I've been a leader for 25 years, both Fortune 500s and Fortune 1000s and higher education. And I learned that it took, like, it, it still stuck to my brain after months already. Basically, Mm -hmm. we were I was asking them about give me a character traits of a leader that you gravitate the most and then Mm -hmm. tell me why. Those are the extra credit that I was asking about. Right. And I learned so much from that conversation period that it's still stuck. Literally, Mm -hmm. this student, he's in the military. He knows a lot of stuff. Right. Right. And he literally told me all of these good things that this leader has been doing and, you know, the character traits as a leader and da, 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 da. But he mm-hmm. wouldn't tell us first who was it. Right. Mm-hmm. And cause I was teaching them that sometimes in life, we put so much value and emphasis on the people on what they say and those value that we put and the expectation hurts us right? Mm -hmm. Emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Like if your enemy or person randomly on the, I don't know if I have enemy, maybe I do. I don't know yet. (laughs) Random person just knock on your door and tell you, CJ, you suck. You're ugly and you're fat. And I would look at them. I'd be like, wow, that hurts. But who are you? Bye. I would just slam the door, right? Now, if your kids or your spouse tell you that, you value their opinion, Oh, right. Definitely. And that would hurt. I would literally bawl and cry. Maybe I am fat. Hello, like I gained weight from COVID. But that would hurt some more. And I really th- thought about it. And I said, you know, they're the same words. The other one won't hurt me because it doesn't matter. I don't put value on that person. I don't even know that person. That's your opinion, sir. Goodbye. But yeah. when it's someone that you care about because you care about their opinion, it's going to hurt you. Yes,
1: definitely it does have an impact. Yeah, huge. Right.
0: It's a shifting impact. Relationship impact. And that hurts you the most. So I always tell them, I said, hey, when you're actually in class and you like your teacher and you get feedback like you suck or your boss like, oh, my God, you're horrible at this. You're going to get more hurt because you made a value on that. But if you don't care about your manager, it doesn't matter. It's like blah, 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 blah. You know, like it's the same thing and i said it's the value that you put on people maybe you should shift that value on yourself so no matter mm-hmm. what others tells you it wouldn't hurt you so i Definitely. i taught them that the week before right cuz i'm going to the cognitive behavioral therapy class mm-hmm. and that's how i've learned it <laughs> i told you i was an advanced student okay i didn't say i was like and it's a practitioner course and i learned from it and i was like hey that makes a whole lot of sense i'm gonna use that in my class and i did and then let me yeah. tell you he turned it around And said, hmm, Dr. Leland. So he told me about the leadership. And I was like so excited to know. And then come to find out with like this guy, you know, started VW, started the autobahn. People were listening Mm to him, da, da, da. And he's like, yeah, by the way, that's Hitler.
1: Um, Wow. Yeah. in, In the terms of, you know, leadership, unfortunately, yes, he would have been considered a leader, maybe more of a toxic leader, but wow.
0: I mean, the list just goes on. And so that made an impact. Like he literally created the Autobahn. He literally created, you know, Mm -hmm. VW that we still use today. He created so many things. He literally was a great marketer that people would die to follow him Mm -hmm. and would kill other people for no random reason other than they're different. And I was like, now imagine if he did good, what would have the world have been, right? But see, all these things that he was saying were like, yeah, this is great. This is da, 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 da. And then you put value like, yeah, it's Hitler. And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, wow. Okay. Like you pause for a moment. And he literally shook my world when he said that. And he's like, "See, you told me about value, so I taught you about value." Oh, yeah. I was like, "He broke." I was like, "Wow, he's learning. He's listening." That's all uh-huh. I took from that conversation because I got deflated after he said that. Oh, I did. I did too. And I was like, "Well, I gotta be careful what I'm teaching about values here because um, they're taking it on a different side." And but mm-hmm. he gives me perspective that. Those are the lessons learned that they're actually learning in my class because, hey, they're adult learners and they they can mm-hmm. think for themselves, right? And they're way smarter on in certain ways and chain of command, you're never going to teach them chain of command, right? The way mm-hmm. they know chain of command. So I love to have them in that conversation, but it's all yeah. about perspective, right? It's all about perspective. Now, Definitely. you told me about one of the challenging things in your classroom is student engagement. Is there any other thing that, you feel like, oh, this is challenging, but I have a, an answer for it. Or I have a way to do, to create a non-obstacle, you know, issues.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, I would say just the engagement is just one of the main ones. Um, another, I guess another one could be, um, is that they're not understanding the material. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, I always tell them, you know, this is a no judgment zone. You know, there's no stupid questions. There's no answers wrong. You know, as long as you're asking questions, you're throwing out an answer. You know, you're, you're doing something. You're engaging in the classroom. But, you know, just trying to create those opportunities for them to feel comfortable, you know, in the classroom to say, hey, I don't understand what you're saying or can you repeat this again you know especially in that excel class you know it's a lot of repetition that's required in that class a lot of patience because a lot of students have either they were first exposed to excel like when it first came out or you know it's their first time you know even using excel so i would say just you know, just letting them know that, you know, it's again, a no judgment zone. It's okay to ask questions because you may be that one person that asks the question that everyone else has been wanting to ask, but you know, they're afraid to do so. So that, that's just another challenge. And so the way that I, you know, react to something like that is that I always, you know, check for understanding. I I always make sure that, hey, does this make sense? Are there any questions, you know, repeatedly through the classroom, you know, just making sure that, you know, everyone is good, you know, before proceed to the next thing. So I would say that's another one that I continuously work on.
0: I love that tip. Just be patient and check continuously throughout the class while you're doing live classes because we teach live classes, So that's a great the great way to kind of check for understanding, making sure that we're on the same page. But we always have that student that will not tell us that they don't get it until they submit their assignment. You're like, whoa, what is this formula? Right. Yes. How do you deal with those students who is like, "Mm, I'm not going to the lab and I'm not going to ask questions, but here's what I got.
1: Yeah. So that is when it comes to, you know, just the the motivating, the, the coaching part, you know, I'll always say, you know, when I'm providing feedback, you know, instead of saying, you know, this question was wrong, you know, I'll first point out, you know, such and such, thank you for submitting your assignment, you know, you did well, and, you know, whatever it was that they did right. However, I gave you this grade because blah, 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 blah. blah. And, and that's one of the things that, you know, it takes time to do that, you know, to provide that type of feedback. And then, you know, and letting them know, hey, if, please reach out to me if you have any questions. And then to, you know, the encouragement part of, you know, I, I encourage you to come to Friday Labs, you know, so that you can get additional help with this. And so, like I said, that that's it's time consuming, but that's one of the ways that I approach, you know, where a student is just, you know, submitting something that's completely incorrect, just continuing to coach them and encourage them. Yeah,
0: I think we should have a karaoke lab for, like, 15 minutes so they can just show up, like, we're not doing Excel today, we're doing something else, right? What's your favorite music? Seriously, my my students, I think, think that I'm a DJ because now they're having, like, hey, Mm -hmm. can I request this song? I'm like, I don't know, let me look up this mp3 if it works. But I love that they're so involved in the music because I put, like, 70s, 80s, 60s music. I love those music in the past, you Mm -hmm. know? And they're like asking, I'm like, do I look like a DJ? I guess I am. Hold on one second. Let me just do it. (laughs) Speaking of that, um, what would you like your students to know about you that is relatable to their own experience?
1: So one of the things that I first tell them the, the very first class is that, you know, I completely understand your journey. I'm right there with you. You know, I'm in school full time as a doctorate student you know, I'm working full time, I have family, other obligations. And so I get it. And that, you know, I just share with them, you know, it's just all about those sacrifices that you are making. But, you know, I always encourage them, you know, to look at the long term, you know, picture, you know, it's a short term sacrifice for long term benefits. And, you know, that's one of the things that I tell them is like, you know, I I understand, you know, you're tired and, you know, you have all these things going on outside of, you know, just school. And, you know, I, I understand. And so I think that that helps a lot just to let them know that, you know, I'm, I'm walking in their shoes. I'm right there beside them. And so that that's one of the things I always share.
0: Awesome. If you could tell your students like one thing that would make you were teaching easier what would it be
1: listen listen first then you know take the time to digest that information and then you know either ask your questions or you know make your judgment After you listen. So it's, you know, and I'll tell them this in one of our lectures, we talk about, you know, active listening and communication, but, you know, just being more open and listening before, you know, you come up with, you know, a final answer or a final decision on something.
0: True. Listening
1: is definitely a skill.
0: (laughs) <laughs> that we all yes. can use, not just our students that we, oh, we yeah. could use yeah. too, right? <laughs> if I could remove all barriers and constraints that you face, let's say there is no financial constraints, there's no people resources constraint, and you're like, I'm like, Sylvia, show me what you got and create a project for me. What mm-hmm. project would you create? And would you want to be known only for that project?
1: So... In addition to being an educator, I'm also a mom. To add to that, I'm a strong advocate for mental health. And so if, you know, all constraints were removed, that is an area that I would choose to focus on creating some, whether it's some type of organization, but a way to both support and advocate for those individuals who may have some type of mental illness, um, especially those that, and find a way to reach out to those who are suffering quietly. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still continue and I know, you know, we've grown, you know, as, you know, a culture, a community, but there still continues to be such a stigma towards mental illness, and so that's something that you know, I would really like to focus on, you know, just because, you know, I have that, the personal experience with it, you know, with family members or, you know, things that I've gone through personally. And, you know, I, I, I understand. And so, yeah, that, that would be my project. And and I would like to be known for, you know, letting people know that, you know, you matter above it. All else, you matter. And actually, I put that, that was so on Valentine's Day in my classroom. And I always start with a a quote of the day, something inspirational, motivational. But for Valentine's Day, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do, you know, something lovey-dovey. What what if they don't have a Valentine? Mm -hmm. And so that was my thought. And so instead of putting a quote, I did more of an affirmation. And my that affirmation was, you are special. And the reaction that I got from that, you know, and I let them know, you know, hey, you know, I'm always here for you. I'm always here to be your support. I will be your cheerleader if you have no one else. But, you know, the same thing going back to, you know, someone that may, may be suffering from a mental, mental illness is to let them know that they matter. Their lives matter. hmm
0: and some people are not diagnosed that they have mental illness so exactly. they don't even know like what are the oh. symptoms what is the checklist right and and i think at some point or another every single person in this world has suffered mental illness like breakdown or i know i have last year was hard for me i just gave up like i'm i was so tired last year it was mentally like career-wise it was booming you know but family and its personal life it it really drained the crap out of me I'm sorry like it was just a lot of death and constant you know having issues with kids and you know it it was just a lot and family and it just made me self-reflect and that's why I'm also doing the after this master's I'm going to get my third master's in psychology because I want to help my students but really I'm being selfish I want to help myself in order for me to help others, I need to help myself on how to do it. And the first thing was <laughs> that, that thing that I did with organizational management about putting emphasis on value. And it just mm-hmm. right back at my face <laughs> in a good way, because to me, I felt like I inspired someone to think beyond the box. Um and I love that. Right. My last question is is there Yeah. Is there anything you would like to share to inform and inspire others? The world is listening.
1: One of the things that I always think about when it comes to education and I share this with everyone I come across is that that education once you have that that is yours. That's something that no one can take away from you. You know, for me, you know, and, you know, for a lot of other cultures, you know, our ancestors fought to have certain rights. And, you know, now that we have those rights, you know, to take advantage of it, because, you know, that's something that you're allowed to do freely. And so that's what I would share.
0: Yeah. To me, I always tell them, hey, you're getting old anyway. Might as well be productive. What are you doing productive? It could be education. It could be something. But like you said, you can take that into your grave. Your money, your possessions, you can't. But that you can take into your grave. And I love that. Thank you so much for your time today and inspiring the world. Where can they find you if they want to like collaborate with you or get to know you in the classes that you teach? are you on any social media?
1: Yes. So I am the main one that I use is LinkedIn. And so you can find me or reach out to me on LinkedIn. i love to network.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for your time today. Have a wonderful day.
1: you. You too.
0: Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you have any questions, email me at lua at level up by docleland.com. Lua, L-U-A-B-Y-D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D.com. It's open for consultations and courses will be offered soon. I will see you in my next episode. Stay connected, informed, and inspired. Until next time.